This week's episode is brought to you by Jacqueline Kay, who suggested a featured movie because she hates us, I think, on our Facebook page. Seriously, thank you very much for the movie suggestion, Jacqueline. And if any of you have a movie you'd like us to cover on a future episode, then stick around because we're going to tell you all the ways you can do that at the end of the show. Mike, I want to get this done as quickly as possible, so please, if you could, right now, play that music. Episode 83 of The Graveyard Shift, where each week we watch a horror movie suggested by one of our listeners, except when a listener suggests a movie that isn't horror, and we watch it too late to watch something else instead, and we just have the roll with it, and we break it down into the good, which was hard, the bad, which was much easier, and any other category we decide to make up when something doesn't fit any of those, and man, we got something for that. We'll talk about the cocaine fuel plot, some production details, and anything else we find fun or relevant. I'm your host, Sheldon, and I never worked Graveyard Shift alone. Please say hello to the guy that I need to apologize to for not screening this movie in advance, my co-host, Mike. (laughs) Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. So, Mike, you got your what-the-fucks ready? (laughs) Oh, a strong return to WTFville for this one. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be uh, naming who suggested this? Who, who's going to be doing the walk of shame? Oh yeah, this is going to be uh, this is going to be named because this was done. It was suggested by Jacqueline K. Jacqueline K. We need to talk. Yeah, seriously. This is a horror podcast. Just because something seems a little scary in one part of a movie does not make it a horror. Sure does not. Maybe she got and, confused. With- and and don't confuse confusing what's scary <laughs> so uh, enough suspense why don't you tell everyone what we have for them this time tonight's episode is sleeping through the enemy because we watched enemy yeah we did and here's Alter- in- alternate title enema because this movie was poop i'd rather have an enema anyway here is some info on enemy released on september 8th 2013 At the Toronto International Film Festival, of course, Enemy is a psychological thriller by Denis Villeneuve and stars... Wouldn't it be Denis? Denis, sure, whatever. And starring Jake Gyllenhaal. What are you doing in this? Seriously. Enemy is rated R due to scenes of nudity and sex, had a runtime of 90 minutes, no word on its budget, but it had a theatrical release six months after TIFF and had a box office return of $3.4 million. Rotten Tomatoes gives this one a 71% critic score and a 63% audience score. I, no. I am baffled. I have no idea how. That just bewilders me. Yeah, usually I, I allow people to have opinions, but I think these people need to be put on trial and, and have their, their morals examined. Yeah. Oh my God. That I, I I can't believe it. But anyway, just you got to be like Madonna and justify your love for this movie. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to give you a plot. I'm going to take this from IMDb. I didn't write my own because um, that would require caring about this movie more. Well, it would require trying to comprehend what I just watched. So 
Anyway, this is a bit of a lengthy one, but here it goes. <laughs> Adam Bell is a Toronto-area history college professor. He is a rather somber man, largely because he's stuck in a routine, which includes a relationship with his live-in girlfriend. While watching a rental movie, he spots an actor in a bit part that looks like him. He becomes obsessed with finding out about his uh, double. He learns that the actor's stage name is Daniel St. Clair, whose legal name is Anthony Clair. Clair is a Toronto-based actor with only a few on-screen credits and is married to a woman named Helen, who is currently several months pregnant. Adam then becomes obsessed with meeting Clair, who he learns upon first sighting that they look exactly the same. From the facial hair to a scar each has, but Claire has outwardly, who outwardly is more put together than Adam. Their lives become intertwined as Claire himself ends up becoming obsessed with Adam, but for slightly different reasons. So yeah, confused yet? Ah, uh, that was, if we, if the movie was just that, it would be, well, it wouldn't be in this, on this podcast, but it would still be somewhat watchable. Yeah, overall, I mean... That sounds like the plot of a least watchable movie. Yeah, something you'd see on the movie network or something. Yeah, like uh, just like a mystery trying to figure out why these two people, you have two identical people, um, very different lives, and one kind of becomes, actually they both kind of become obsessed with each other's lives. Because apparently in this in this universe, twins don't exist. Yeah, but, okay. There's stuff added into this movie that just makes it just throws any type of like a mystery to it right out the window and just makes it a big pile of I don't know what the hell is happening <laughs> uh, but but first we take a before we head to shit town we have to head to pleasant the Pleasantville suburb yeah so we are gonna try our best to do like we always do we're gonna break this movie down into the good and the bad and of course, that can be anything we liked or didn't like about it, uh, whether it's something as broad as an overall theme or something as specific as a certain character, certain line of dialogue, certain scene, whatever. If we liked it, we'll talk about it. If we didn't like it, we will talk about it even more. And we always start off with the good, and we always start off with the mic. So Mike, uh, brace yourself, work it up there, and tell me something good about this movie. Instant tits. <laughs> to, to quote a much better movie you had my interest now you have my erection Jesus uh, yeah they didn't uh, the nudity was pretty quick in this one <laughs> you didn't have to wait very long at first I wrote down tits before titles but then the titles never came <laughs> Oh, yeah, and so uh, right away, yeah, I mean, the movie opens up in a, uh, like, an, an underground, and I mean figuratively and literally, underground sex club. How well, would you describe it, besides dank? Well, yeah, first we see a pregnant naked woman on a bed, and then we move immediately, like, it's transitioned to, like, I thought it was going to be, like, the other side of Taken, where we get to see, like, well, when Liam Neeson isn't clearing out the place, what's going on in one of these these sex trade clubs? Mm-hmm. And it is bizarre. I saw this guy with a beard and a craggy face, and I thought he was Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of uh, very we'll, we'll just say various sex acts happening in this <laughs> various sex shows happening in this club. And then the 
a spider gets put on a a, a, pla a silver platter is presented, but instead of a nice, delicious Wen uh, Wendy's burger for a football player, we get a spider. Or oh, a hamburger? <laughs> a hamburger. Uh, who, who's that comedian? Hamburger. I have no idea. Like, oh, Neil Hamburger. That's who he is. And he... And then, like, this woman walks up beside the spider, places her platform heel next to it. And I would expect something to come of it. Like, the spider crawls up her leg, bites her. She puts the foot near someone's face to transfer the spider. But, no, it just cuts away to... Well, this is the good category, so I'm just going to stop because... <laughs> yeah, we can get talking about that afterwards. Um, so I'm going to start off with the good because... Um, with this thing is good because... I got to give it credit, like, um, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a fantastic actor. Um, he's done some great films. I, and he's oh, he's done some major bombs as well, like some real stinkers. But one of the things I've noticed that the things I've watched him in movies I've watched him that I didn't like, um, it wasn't because of him. Like he's always done a fine job. He was a fine prince of Persia. It's just that Persia sucked. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, th I think he's a great actor. I think he's like... Um, I, I, I wouldn't call him underrated because, I mean, he's gotten some big-time recognition. Um, and he's going to be in a new uh, Spider-Man movie, right? We just saw the trailer for this. Was uh, Who is he? Mysterio. Fuck! Yeah. So, yeah, so he was um, always, like... He's always a good draw for me. Like, I always know that, like, if I'm watching a movie with him in it, then um, if the movie sucks, it's not going to be because of his performance. I think he does a fair job. And I got to say, like, the uh, give credit where credit's due. The acting in this movie overall was pretty well done. There was nobody cringeworthy, nobody that you, that you want to say, like, oh, my God, like, that guy just took me totally out of the movie. Not that I was into this movie at all, but... Um, Certainly not because of the cast. So acting was really good. Okay, you got anything else for good? Uh, near the beginning of the movie, he after we see the pattern where he's just banging and teaching and banging and teaching, then this guy has this really overdrawn scene where he's in the break room and this guy's just like, hey, you should see this movie. And then the guy's like, oh, fuck, whatever, I'll go see this movie. It's when he watches the movie, because the girl wants to mess around. And he's like, all right, when I'm done grading these papers, I'll be right there. Then immediately, once he's done the papers, he puts a movie on his laptop. Just forget she's in the other room. Mm -hmm. If I'm ever that bored with a girl, she is a tenuous friend with benefits. She is not my girlfriend. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Like he is, Like, he is just that massive of a shithead, like... You, he should not be having her as a girlfriend after that night. Yeah. Especially what, what he does afterwards, but that's... We're, leave, we're still in the good town for now. You said it. And uh, speaking of which, because I've already talked about the acting, but like this certainly didn't make... Wasn't it something that made the movie unenjoyable. Was that the, uh, the two lead ladies in this movie, uh, Melanie Laurent and Sarah Gordon, uh, wow. Just ridiculously beautiful like, yeah and that 
showing the knockers, so. Oh, they were, like, all about the nudity in this movie. They're doing their part. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, um, just way out of, uh, like, the, like, I know Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, he's not exactly, like, in, uh, an ugly man or anything, but in this movie, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't playing up, like, the pretty boy type scenario, like, he was just, like, he really just looked like an average dude in this. And, uh, in real life, these women would have been way out of his league. And he's bored with one of them. Yeah. That was, So, um, fuck his character. Yeah, that was, um, his girlfriend was uh, played by Melanie Laurent, uh, who, uh, yeah, Mary. So, uh, yep, and again, like, within five minutes of being on the screen, she's just fully naked. So, yeah, that uh, wasn't, uh, it certainly wasn't a bad thing. All right, anything else for the good? One more, and I was surprised to find out that Toronto also has a spider guardian, just like Ottawa does. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I, you, I've actually seen that, uh, that, that sculpture before, and I think it was you that posted it, because uh, like it's, and it's an actual sculpture in Ottawa, right? Yeah, it's in front of the art museum. Yeah, and so that's what I'm wondering, because I've never actually seen it, because I, you know, spend most of my time in Toronto, so I've never actually seen that sculpture, so I'm wondering if it's uh, actually been, like, superimposed from the actual sculpture in Ottawa. This one seemed a little taller, but it could have been a little photo editing. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it's, it was taller than the CN Tower, one of the largest structures in the world, so yeah, it's definitely not real. <laughs> but that's something uh, that I put in with the good as well. Now, this is something really personal for me, but, like, I pretty much recognized every scene in this, every uh, location in this movie. Including the mock World Trade Center? That is not mock. That is existing uh, condominium buildings here. Because it's basically, like, if you took this, if you took the Twin Towers and from the top of the building gave them, like, an intense titty twister. <laughs> yeah, so these are the, um... I can't remember what they're actually called. What? Like the actual name. Um, I knew it at one point. Just let me get this real quick. Um, they are the, the Keystone uh, the Keystone Condominium uh, Complex in Mississauga. So nearby. Uh, they're nicknamed the Marilyn Monroe Towers. <laughs> and uh, if you see them, like, yeah, you have no, no problem figuring out why. <laughs> So, yeah, so, like, there was a lot of uh, Toronto landmarks here. Like, we pretty much, me and my wife watched this movie together, and we pretty much recognized every single location that they filmed in. So, uh, that was pretty cool. And like I said, that means nothing to anybody else, anyone else watching this movie that's not from the area. It's not going to mean a thing, but to us, we're, like, just kind of, like, pointing it out. And you got nothing else for the good? No, I'm all out. That that was stretching it. (laughs) Yeah, that, like I said, that was, I tacked that on the end just because, like, that was something personal to me. But, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Like, I I guess I could say that the movie had me, like, kept me going just for the simple fact that, like, I wanted to find out, like, what was going on. If they were going to explain why uh, these two characters were identical. So I guess that kind of captivated me. It was enough to keep me watching the movie to the end. Um, but it's never it never comes up. It's never explained. So fuck this movie. Oh yeah, 
This is this violates all of Chekhov's gun. <laughs> like that. That are you familiar with the term? Yeah. Yeah. This movie just said, "Hey, how about we just shit all over that idea? We put a gun on the wall. We talk about the gun. Never use the gun." Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Time to start getting bad. All right. Then I will start off with the bad. Um, now, this problem with me for the bad is that there's a lot that I didn't really know whether to put them into bad or just call it like a what the fuck. So, uh, but I'll go with the bad. Uh, this movie has a runtime of 90 minutes, which I've said many times, that is the perfect runtime for a movie. Like, you oh, really <laughs> you really got to be giving me, like, something good if you're going to go over an hour and a half runtime. Very few movies can do it for me. Never has 90 minutes taken <sighs> so long. Honestly, 90 minutes felt like it took, like, four hours. I It felt like four <laughs> that was hours. was my note! I had to take breaks or just, you know, do some editing or just... I, I, I couldn't focus on the movie. I took a break halfway through this movie to go do laundry. <laughs> so yeah, it's oh my god, so slow. Such a slow burn. Like just not even like a not even smoldering it's such a slow burn. <laughs> it's like lukewarm. It's like someone took like a 40-yard dynamite fuse, lit it, and then by the time it was done, forgot to add the dynamite. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's watching a dyna- uh, watching a fuse burn down without any explosion. And that's exactly the way to des- the best way to describe this movie. So yeah, so that's a big one. I mean, boring as hell. Like everything else can be <laughs> great. We talked about like you know everybody in this movie is beautiful, great to look at. Um, the acting was well done. Not going to mean a fucking thing if your story is fucking boring. Uh and. If you're going to have a boring story, at least make everything look good. But the director of cinematography must have been R. Kelly. Because everything was shot through a piss filter. Everything was yellow. Piss yellow. Everything. Ugh. Yep. Um, I think like, there's a lot of imagery in this uh, in this movie that the director had, like, you know, something in his mind that he was trying to put out there. But us as the viewer never quite get what it, what it's supposed to represent. Yeah, Toronto is covered in a piss fog. Well, you know. No, no one ever turns their lights on to actually illuminate an area, just light the bulbs. Like, Gotham called and said, hey, they t- Gotham called, turn up the saturation. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I made a note of that too. Why is everything tinted yellow? Because this movie is piss. Yep, you're not wrong. I kept, I kept trying to avoid all these puns earlier. Like, all right, time to piss on this movie. Because <laughs> that's what the direct that's what the director already did in the editing room. Okay, okay. so we talked about the movie's boring. Um, everything looks like it's covered in piss. There's no. Um, resolution, I guess, to the plot. Like, we don't figure anything out. Um, 
I'm not sure what else to talk about for the bad, really, because everything else is going to borderline, like, either as a direct what-the-fuck or a borderline what-the-fuck, so. <laughs> now, no, anybody... I, I, I got them, so don't worry. Okay, so you go ahead with the bad if you want. Uh, everyone's reaction to the doppelganger is less, hey, that's cool, maybe you're related, and more, nobody just looks like a stranger, there's got to be something more to this. <laughs> Yeah, every you're right. Everybody is like so dramatic. It's not like wow, like we look just alike. Like we could pass for twins. Blah blah. blah. Everybody takes it like they just got like someone just told them that they have cancer. They stumble. It's like they discovered a glitch in the universe. It's like they're on a quest to discover a truth that 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 dare not be known. Like when the woman goes to meet her. Her husband's doppelganger. Instead of like, yeah, wow, he looked just like you. No, she comes back and she looks like she, like she fucked him, she and looks, she's just afraid to tell him. She is so distraught. Like I said, she looks like she just received the worst news in the world. He looks, he looks just like you. It's like, what the fuck? He didn't beat you. He didn't scream at you. He had a pleasant conversation with you because you were a stranger to him. And you come home looking like you just watched someone get run over. Yeah, so... Yeah, we, I, something... Like, yeah, me and my wife talked about that as well. It's like, why is everybody reacting this way? Like, what is going on? And I always thought, okay, we're going to find out, figure out something. Uh, the movie's going to explain something later on that's, like, the reason why everybody was so distraught because these two people looked so much alike. Everything happens for a reason. This is going to get explained. Yeah. It's all going to come together. <laughs> you um, watch but, too many good movies. Yeah. But no, like I said, again, no resolution whatsoever. We don't understand. We never figure We're never given a reason why these two people are identical. Uh, why everybody is so distraught. Why they reacted the way they do when they see them together. So, yeah. Like, uh, and the nothing. mom... Like, first off, his mom, she has a French accent, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because she's played... Isn't she played by Isabella Rossellini? That's her. I couldn't believe it, man. Isabella Rossellini. She, yeah. uh... She did not look like that in the last thing I saw her in. <laughs> <laughs> Time's not kind to everybody. No, apparently not. And I, I hated her character because she just immediately... Like, she just shuts down her son. And she... Basically, it's like... There has never been a conspiracy about your life. Now let us never speak of this ever again. Mm -hmm. Ever. And I eat your, eat your blueberries. <laughs> and, and then, like, it seems like maybe there's a Tyler Durden moment because she goes and give up your dreams of being an actor. It's like, who the fuck is she talking to? Yeah, that's another thing. Like, where the, uh, his... Doppelganger is an actor, and she even tells him at one point, like, "Oh, give up this fantasy about being a uh, with a third-rate actor." Yeah, so I was wondering, is this like a Fight Club thing where he's just a mag, like he's like he doesn't know that he's been moonlighting as an actor on the weekends? Yeah, but no, the girlfriend goes to visit him, so it's not his delusion because she meets him and then calls him when he like disappears. Yep. 
I thought it was going to be another thing. Like, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be, yeah, like a Fight Club thing. It's just a split personality where he's living both lives and doesn't realize it. Uh, and my, my, my final bad is just like what I call a, uh, a rewrite. This movie would have been better if the actor had killed his pregnant wife and let the teacher walk into a setup as the cops are coming in. Actor man just drives off into the sunset with the teacher's girlfriend, and this happens at the halfway mark of the movie. Mm-hmm. The rest is the teacher escaping, going on a revenge spree to reclaim his life, only at the end to kill the actor, and then decide to frame his old identity and live as the actor. And then you could throw in something like premonitions, visions, psychic connections, so it counts as a horror. And then we would actually have a reason to talk about this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. Like, it could have been, uh, first of all, like, yeah, this is uh, not my type of movie whatsoever. And I don't mean just because it's not horror. Um, I mean, I guess there's some things that makes it, like, a little bit, there's some scenes that might be a little bit horror-ish, but not enough to uh, say that it fits our wheelhouse. But, I mean, I don't just like horror movies. I, have, like, have a pretty broad range of movies that I enjoy. And I've got no problem with a mystery, a thriller, or anything like that. Uh, or something like a little bit... Um, uh, wh- what can I call this? Um, wh- how would you describe this movie? Like, what type of movie would you call it? A, uh, an artistic thriller. Artistic tr- thriller. That's, that's a good definition, I think. Um, like a, a sur- which like, which came off as an autistic thriller, <laughs> a surreal. Like it's definitely a surreal thriller, but uh, yeah, this one, no. Like I need some kind of explanation about what's happening, and you don't get it with this. An incomplete artistic thriller. There you go. That's the that's the genre of this movie. Like, it's like those European movies where it has like a little kid playing a drum and his scream can shatter glass. It's like, yeah, that's the movie. Oh, and he, apparently he doesn't age. So this is what that type of movie is. <laughs> All it's right. European, it's a European movie, which doesn't make sense. Okay, so let's bring something back that... Um, for those of you that are not familiar with some of our older episodes, we watched a movie once called Pieces, where the movie ended... Um, in a way that completely just made our jaws drop. Like, it came out of the blue. This movie had, like, you know, it was a certain type of movie. It was basically, um, a, for, for, you know, for lack of a better term, it was a murder mystery. Just simply because there's a lot of gruesome murders happening where bodies are being dismembered. We don't know who does it. And at the end, you find out who the murderer is, get stopped. The very last, it does, nothing supernatural about it whatsoever, except for the very last scene. <laughs> and, like the last five seconds. And not only that, the last five seconds it turns into like something supernatural where a, uh, basically a, a uh, Frankenstein-ish type corpse, like, you know, like a corpse is a compilation of a bunch of other pieces, comes to life. And if that wasn't enough, it rips the main character's dick off. Or cr- I thought it just crushed his testicles. Or maybe or ripped. Because I, I saw the I saw the hand compressing like like basically like banana smashed bananas squirting out the side. Uh, either way, Jesus Christ. Anyway, it came oh, yeah. out of nowhere. So we when we reviewed that movie, we had to put on another character because like not that it was bad. I mean this 
Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. So it just had to be a. What? It just made us say, "What the fuck?" <laughs> we had no <laughs> idea what just happened. Um, no, there's no explanation for it. So we added for that episode, we added a category called "What the fuck" because we had like it didn't fit good or bad. It's just what the fuck just happened. And this movie, yeah, it has a few. <laughs> oh, numerous. <laughs> so let's talk about like. Um, First of all, like the very first scene where they're in this uh, this sex show, and this ends with um, a beautiful naked woman, like you mentioned before, about like has a tarantula on a tray, takes off the tray, lets the tarantula crawl out, and she the the scene cuts away just as she's about to crush it, and you see Jake Gyllenhaal just turn uh, his character just turn away from it, like he can't watch it. I thought she put her foot next to it so it would crawl on her. No, I think she actually put her foot on top of it. Huh. Like she was about to press down on it. Like that was like, okay, that's weird. Like what kind of a sex show is that? But I mean, like everybody's got their kink, right? So who am I to judge? It'll be explained later. Oh no, it isn't. No. What the fuck was this all about? And, okay. What is the next, after that, what is the next what the fuck scene for you? Because I definitely know what it was for me. <laughs> well, aside from like the gross overreactions to everything, this it, it's intercut with visions, like a massive daddy long legs just walking through <laughs> Toronto yep. o- over the piss fog covered city of Toronto. And Jake is just staring out a window wistfully, like, like, oh, it's just, it's just our guardian, Mammon. Yep, yeah, I don't mind the giant spider that's walking through the city. It's fine. Oh, okay, so, give me yours. Okay, another dream sequence. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is dreaming about being, like, walking down a corridor of the sex club that we saw him, the same corridor we saw him walk down at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and you see, like, you know, you can tell what's happening because there's a silhouette, that's all you see, walking towards him. And you can tell that this is a fully, fully naked, very voluptuous woman walking towards him. So, you know, I'm about to make a note. It's like, oh, here comes another scene for Mike. Gonna like this. <laughs> Until she gets within range where you can actually see her. <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful naked woman, full frontal nudity. But she has a big, instead of a human head, she has a big spider's head. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hot lady with spider face. Mmm. I've heard of a butter face, but I've never seen a spider face. Oh, my God. Like, what? Yeah, what the fuck is this guy trying to tell us? Because this guy's fixated on spiders, but... Oh, I wonder if this guy is related or at least heavily inspired by Phil Silver, the guy who did Wild Wild West. Oh, I have no idea. Do you remember that guy? That big fucking train? What did it turn into? Yep, big spider. Yeah, there was a lot of spider references in that movie as well, from what I remember. Oh, yeah, there was uh, Dr. Loveless or whatever his name is. Like, he became a spider. Yep. And there, there was a scene about, uh, like, the uh, the wasp versus the spider. So, yeah. Anyway, we're already talking about a shitty movie, so let's not talk about another one. Um, 
Okay, so that so that's just like some some small things. Like, what is this? What the fuck is going on with all these like spider connections? Yeah, and what's up with these cuts of just like random like random cuts of depressed pregnant wife? Yeah, but I think we can we can come together on the the final one. Oh boy. Okay, so basically what happens is that the pompous actor of the uh, twins he confronts uh the history professor and claims that he thinks that he slept with his wife like you know no justification for this whatsoever blah 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 but as for compensation for that he now gets to sleep with his girlfriend and the history professor puts up like no no argument to that whatsoever. Just lets him kind of go into it, like just kind of switch places. And he takes the uh, this guy takes uh, the actor takes this, the the uh, teacher's girlfriend out to like a uh, hotel to have sex with her without her knowing. Without which is her rape. knowing. And I guess the other guy says, "Okay, well, turnabout is fair play. So I'm going to go to your place, since you left your clothes and your keys, your apartment keys here." Well, he his... didn't. He had, he had to be let in. Oh, you're right. He had to be let in. Yeah. Yeah, he snuck in. This wasn't... Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell his endgame was, but he was surprised when she came home. Yes. And, and she catches on... Like, it's clear that she catches on fairly quick. Because when they're... Yeah, <laughs> she knew it was him, that it wasn't her uh, her uh, husband. But she just... She asks him as they're cuddling in bed, how was school? Yeah. She just kind of rolls with it, and they end up having sex, and she is very pregnant. But he's, like, kind of just, like, kind of, like, okay with it. Like, you know, at first he was, oh, he got very upset, like, you know, kind of, I can't go on and do this. But she just, they just kind of go run with it. Cuts away to, uh, we, we see the uh, the other couple now having sex, and she realizes that this is not her boyfriend because she could see the uh, mark on his finger from his wedding ring. They get upset, you know, she she gets upset, wants to leave, he's dr- bringing her home, and ends up crashing the car, and we presume both of them are dead. Yeah, he's trying to open up the, he's trying to open up her passenger door she to kick her, kick her out while her out, driving. Like, literally kick her out of a moving car. Yeah, that's fucking near murder. And they end up crashing. <laughs> oh, fuck did they crash. I, I think this is where the most of the budget went. Yeah, that was actually a good crash scene. Like the, that, too, bad, too bad we don't know if they barely survived, like, what condition they're in. Like, we know they're going to be fucked up, but... Yeah. Fucked up to death, or just, oh, we're both paraplegic, or, well, guess what? This is now a David Cronenberg movie, and we're getting really hot in now. We're getting really hot in here. Yeah. And, um, and of course, like, you, you have to zoom in on a cracked window that looks suspiciously like a spider web. Of course. Because another spider reference. Um, but now we figure out, like, okay, so we still don't know what connection, why these two characters are identical people, but... We kind of see, figure out now that, okay, so this guy is dead. The actor is dead. So this guy is going to, the professor now is going to take his place, just kind of jump into his life and take his place. Because he wakes up with the pregnant uh, with the pregnant wife. Um, you know, she goes and gets gets a shower, and he just puts on the guy's clothes and everything, and, see, and she's talking to him like it's him, right? Like he's the actor. Yeah, your mom called. Yeah. Um, she, and she gets, comes out of the shower, goes into the bedroom. She, you know, we don't see her, we see her walk in, we, we don't see what happens. And he's putting on clothes and he finds, um, 
he find inside his pocket he finds a key, which is the key to the sex club that you know was referenced before. And he yells out to the wife and says, like, hey, are we doing anything tonight? Because I think I need to go out. So which means he's going to go to the sex club. <laughs> you think he? You think the first thing he'd ask is, are, are we members of this or am I just a member and I should probably be hiding this from you? <laughs> yeah. So he calls out to her, you know, says, are we doing it tonight? Because I think I need to go out. She doesn't respond. Um, he calls out to her a few more times. Walks to the bedroom, opens up the door. The pregnant wife is not there, or she is there. <laughs> We're not sure. <laughs> the room seems empty. The room seems empty, except for one thing. A giant fucking spider cowering in the corner. It just, and I don't know where the hell it came from, because the room is completely empty when he opens the door. And then this thing just zooms in on the side, comes in from the side, like, hello. And it's, it is inordinately huge. It is like a Legend of Zelda dungeon boss. Oh, when I say giant spider, I don't mean just a big spider. Like, oh, wow, that's a, a huge spider. I mean, covers one one entire wall-sized spider. <laughs> yeah, a, 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 yeah, when I say Zelda boss, if you've ever played Legend of Zelda, those bosses all look like there is no conceivable fucking way they, they, they got in those rooms. Yeah, like... Eight, it's like, like they, were, they were born there, raised there. That room is all they know. Yeah. Like eight-legged freak size, size spider. So and he just stares at it, and then credits and size. Now, my wife has a theory about what ha- what happened there. Um, every other reference to spiders that were made results in him the uh, the teacher waking up from a dream. Like every time, like there's a spider reference, right? Uh-huh. So she figures that, like, oh, he's dreaming, like, he's liking this, now he's taking place with this guy, and this, he's got a life that he likes, and sees the spider and realizes, ah, shit, I'm dreaming. So the question is, is he... So... So is he... Uh... So where is he, then? Is he... Like, if... No, too much thinking. <laughs> Yeah, I have never appreciated good editing tying a story together until I see it completely missing. Yeah. I don't appreciate any movie, any type of story where I, at the end, I still don't know what happened. Yeah, you're the storyteller. Tell the fucking story. I've never been a fan of, like, leave things up to a mystery. That's not why I watch movies. Yeah, if I wanted a, a mystery that I don't know the answer to, I would write down half of a story on a piece of paper and just be like, yeah, what if? Mm-hmm. What, if what if spider? Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, oh, Jake Chilnall, don't do this anymore, please. Man, come on, man. I like your stuff. Don't, don't do this. Yeah, don't be the actor that becomes that guy. So, yeah. So, that's how it ends. Giant spider. Roll the credits. Yeah, and the credits are kind of neat. It looks like I'm watching a 70s black exploitation movie during the credits. Yeah. We got like that weird pseudo chill funk music with uh, yellow credits over a piss 
covered Toronto. <laughs> and the font, too, is like... Yeah, it looks like some Jackie Brown shit. Or... Yeah, like, the credits seem to be more expressive and dynamic than the fucking plot. Right, yeah. And they were, of course, piss yellow. Of course they were. It was all yellow. So, Mike, yeah, so overall, this movie didn't make a lot of sense. It's just weird. It seems like there was something off about the whole production. Um, But I think I may have an explanation about why this movie turned out the way it did. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been a while since I've used them, but I actually reached out to our connections, uh, see if they could dig up anything. You know, like, they've been great in the past to find some exclusive stuff, some behind-the-scenes stuff, some uh, uh, captured audio that no one else seems to be able to get their hands on. And uh, so I asked them about this movie. Can you find something for this movie, Enemy, that we could use for the show? And again, they didn't disappoint. They sent me a file, and I played it, and man, I honestly don't know why somebody has, like, audio recording during these times, but I actually got some audio about the first meeting with Jake Gyllenhaal and the director of this film when they first when they were first having a discussion about it. I think maybe these, these recordings are made just in case people try to break out of agreements. Oh, that maybe. There's doc, that there's documentation. Maybe, you know, that maybe that's the, uh, that's the way it works in the film industry, right? Always have some kind of documentation, so maybe that's something. But, uh, Anyway, they sent it to us, and I think it would make a great little piece of uh, great, a great little piece of explanation, I guess, for how this movie ended up the way it did, and makes a great segment for it came from the cutting room floor. Hi, Dennis. Denis. Den. Denise? Anyways, it's a pleasure to meet you, Jacques. Uh, Gyllenhaal? It's Jake. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, I am Jake Gyllenhaal. This is what Jake Gyllenhaal's voice... I mean, this is what my voice sounds like. Sit, sit, allez! Would you like some of this, uh, this large amount of cocaine? Wow. That is literally a bowl full of cocaine. Uh, no, no thank you. Okay, more from me, huh? Ha <laughs> ha! You, you just ram your entire face into a bowl of cocaine. Well, it's like my grandma Mary used to say, a bowl of cocaine means your movie will be great, eh? Um, uh, what? Ah, yes, good. Jack, Jack, I'm very excited about Enemy. It's going to be a masterpiece. Truly one of the great thrillers to come from cinemas. Did you get the chance to read all of the updated word on the uh, paper? Words on the paper. Uh, the script? Oui, c'est vrai. Uh, what do you think, eh? Uh, honestly, I have some questions. Yeah, 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 I have some cocaine. Like my grandmother used to say, cocaine is the answer to many questions. Yeah, I think it's answered some of mine. I'm not sure if some of the parts of this movie work. No? What does not work, you think? Well, there is never an explanation given why both my characters look exactly the same, including the identical scars. Man, no, you got me skip something mystery for audience, like my grandmother used to say. Uh, something about cocaine? Vraiment. Yeah. All right, what about all the spider references? Now, uh, the uh, spider represented 
totalitarian government that doesn't snare the city in its web. And deux, it is like invasion of the uh, the bodies of Snatcher, but instead of alien, it is giant spider. Plus, spider is scary, you know? It's like you see spider, you're like, ah, spider! That, that just brings up more questions. Uh, listen, I don't think this is going to work. I need to drop this project. Man, you already signed the contract. If you don't do it, then I have to do the suing. What? When did I sign a contract? Last weekend. It was after we uh, did a large amount of cocaine. <sighs> okay, whatever. Let's do this. Uh, better slide that bowl of cocaine over here. Ha <laughs> wait, you do the cocaine while I have some of this heroin. It's more effective when I shoot it directly into my eyeball. Wow. Well, there you have it. Well, it's, uh, well, that, that, that kind of explains why if this movie was any more artsy and pissy, there would be a picture of Jesus in it. <laughs> I don't even want to know. You never saw that thing in the 90s? That uh, big debacle about the art piece? It was a bottle of urine with a picture with a crucifix in it. Oh God, no! I don't. That, that doesn't sound familiar at all. But anyway, yeah. So there you have it. That explains a lot. And uh, I got to say, man, that Jake Gyllenhaal, not only a beautiful man, but what a beautiful voice. Yeah, it came out in 1987, and it was called Immersion. Yeah, so it's been around for a while, but yeah, it got a lot of publicity and criticism. So I'm surprised you don't know about it. No, I'm not familiar with it at all. It was called Piss Christ. <laughs> it's a photograph by the American artist and photographer Andre Serrano depicting a crucifix submerged in a small glass tank of the artist's own urine. And it won the Southeastern and won the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Arts Awards in the Visual Arts Competition, sponsored in part by the National Endowment for the Arts. Alright. Okay. Well, Mike, um... Oh, the best part is, he goes, I had no idea it would get such controversy since I ne since I meant bl I did not mean blasphemy nor offense by it. I've been a Catholic all my life. <laughs> yeah, sure, buddy. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, Mike, uh, normally now this is where we would do a, uh, a little section that's partial to you, but uh, I guess it still could happen um if you do it i'm pretty sure i know what you're gonna pick <laughs> yeah the uh selections are piss poor one could say on this week's kill of the week <laughs> and uh i guess it goes to the only people that we see actually get killed and that is the idiot who thinks a car Driving on the freeway, which is like 100, 100 kilometers an hour, is a great time to have a heated argument where you take your eyes off the road and try to eject a hysterical passenger that you have just raped. Yeah, like he just sexually assaulted her, and um, but he's the one that's getting angry, of course. Yeah, like how fucking dare you? I've had a bad, I've had a bad week. Like, I've had a messed up week. Why couldn't you just be more compliant? Like, whatever. And and to be honest, she could have just, like, had, like, a quiet, stewing anger until the car slows down. Then she could, like, scream at him as she gets out. So she had a part to play in this as well, because you don't distract a driver. Well, why did she, would she get in the car with him in the first place? Yeah, that is when that is some reason that you call a fucking Uber. 
This was, what, 2013? Maybe not. Well, you call a cab. I mean, she looks like she can afford a cab. Call the fucking police. Guy just is, like, a guy just, that looks like her husband, but is, or boyfriend, but is not, just, like, tricked her into thinking that um, he was her boyfriend to have sex with her. Yeah, definitely call the cops if you're not going to call a cab. But she doesn't either, so she definitely... She might actually have more reason... She she may be more at fault. Like, you're getting into a car with the guy that raped you when you are not out in the middle of nowhere. Like, you are in a city. You can call... You can call other facilities. But, no, she... Well, I can't say she has it coming, but she definitely is the architect of her own disaster. By having a, uh... By distracting him right at the right second and having a... He drives right into the the barrier. And uh, I don't know how this works. You think you just, like, slide across it and grind? But no, he basically... They must have had, like, secret ramps in the... Uh, in the freeway. Like, you, you're telling me about, like, the Don Valley Parkway if... If they have, like, secret ramps for sweet jumps. <laughs> but, no, they just fucking grind, roll, flip. And the car basically looks like it already belongs in a junkyard. Like, like, like it's been there and got rescued at the last second. No, beyond the last second from a crusher. Yeah. Like, this thing is totaled. Absolutely. There's no way anyone's surviving that. Unless they were never in the car to begin with, because it was all of, all a spider dream. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we don't know. That's the problem with this movie. Yeah, so that's the only thing you could pick, seeing as that's the only people. That's the only scene where anyone died in the movie. So, good choice, I guess. Only choice. Yeah. So, guys, that is Enemy. Um, don't watch it if you want to be bored for an hour and a half. And. Um, Jacqueline, uh, yeah, we got to talk. <laughs> but do you have you seen this movie? What do you think of it? Because apparently the majority of people like this. It's got decent scores on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So what the hell, people? Um, but have you seen it? What do you think of it? What What are your thoughts on our thoughts of it? Like, are we totally at the lunch? Do you think that this is uh, actually a good movie? Or do you... Th- to have a good movie suggestion for us that's gonna like you know wash the taste of this one out of our mouths because let me tell you at this point i could use it but anyway whatever the case is we want to hear from you and you got a few ways of doing that you can do, go the old-fashioned way and send us an email at graveyardshippod at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter of course at gys underscore horror pod you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash pod, and of course on Instagram, instagram.com slash pod. If you're feeling particularly generous and you want these episodes to keep going, you want to help us out with some of the production costs and help us out with buying some, uh, putting some money towards some good movies, you can head on over to patreon.com slash graveyard. There, for as little as a dollar a week, you can help us out greatly by sponsoring the show, help us out with some of those production costs, plus you get access to some pretty sweet Patreon-exclusive bonus issue, uh, episodes. Um, we do some episodes just exclusively for our Patreon donors, and we do them a little differently than we do with the regular feed. We don't just break down a movie to the good and the bad. Uh, if we do a movie, we'll do a full synopsis of it. 
Um, sometimes we'll do TV shows. We will do horror-based video games, uh, even top ten lists, all kinds of good stuff like that. Plus, if you're a Patreon donor, any movie suggestions you give us get bumped to the top of the list. So if there's a particular movie you want us to cover uh, really badly, then that's a great way to do it. But of course, we totally understand not everybody has the money to give us money, but you can still help us out a ton by going on to iTunes, Stitcher, however it is you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe. In the long run, that's going to help us out the most, to be perfectly honest. And uh, same thing with social media. You can follow us on social media, uh, share us, rate, review, all that kind of good stuff. If you know anybody that would like to follow us on social media or listen to our show, share us there or share us by word of mouth too. That also helps. So Mike, other than the graveyard shift, what other stuff you got going on in podcast world? Well, we're bringing back the new and improved tech chatter, which is the rebirthed techno babble podcast. So me and Rich are going to be talking more tech. We're going to be uh, discussing for uh, quite a quite a few uh, episodes the uh, the many interesting things we saw at the Consumer Electronics Show for 2019. We're starting off with the weird. So you're going to hear us talk about some interesting gizmos. N- not necessarily great <laughs> because this is the weird one. And I'm also going to be uh, continuing the Playing with Power podcast, which will be which is our Nintendo Power retrospective. And we will be covering the year of 1997. So a whole lot of N64 games. And hopefully, you know, some good ones in in there as well. Absolutely. And periodically we do the taste test when I can get my co-host to wake up out of his smoky haze. (laughs) And uh, join me. And we will be... uh, and we look forward to having this podcast heard on the radio ha- radiohaver.com uh, UK internet radio site. Absolutely. Yeah, we're very excited about that. So uh, check that out. We'll be, as it happens, we'll be making some posts about it for sure. We already have, but like we'll keep you updated. So just keep watching our social media for that. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to open us up to a uh, much wider audience. So all good stuff. And check it out for not just us, but like for all the other stuff they got going on as well. They're going to be uh, doing some music, like sponsoring some local artists, uh, some other great shows and podcast forums. So all good stuff. Okay. Oh yeah, there's a whole variety. We're not the only. We're not going to be the only great podcast on that network. Absolutely. So guys, that is our show for this week. Apologize again for this movie. I'm not even going to say check it out. Like, don't. It, this was on Shutter too. Like, this is what weirded me out because Shudder has been very good for their content like it's weird to see a movie like this end up there so um yeah very this is like one percent horror so be prepared for that if you want to check it out but uh we'll make up for it next time promise So uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to be back next week with another horror movie. And uh, yeah, I'll screen it ahead of time. Actually, I know what movie we're doing next week. So I already know that that it makes the cut. So that's okay. But yeah, we're going to be back next week with another horror movie. Until then, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thank you again for joining us on The Graveyard Shift. <laughs> Smells like our Kelly sheets.
But shit, it was free on Shudder. I'll be hopping and bopping and slapping and bopping and bopping.